0: Hey there, it's Christy Lee here and welcome to episode number 194 of the People Powered Business Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. It is great to have you here with us. I hope you are having a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Now, on this week's episode of the podcast, I'm bringing you a conversation with the wonderful leadership expert, Juliette Robinson. If you are a regular listener of the podcast, you will be familiar with Juliet. She is a, a returning visitor to the podcast. And to, in today's conversation, Juliet and I are chatting about navigating and dealing with and tackling fear as a leader in our business. I think it's a really, really interesting topic because I see fear show up in so many different ways with the leaders that I work with and the business owners that I work with. And and Juliette in her journey as a leadership expert, often working with larger businesses and leadership teams, she also sees this show up in different ways. And that's part of what we discussed today because the reality is becoming a business owner doesn't come with a leadership handbook. We're kind of got to figure it out on our own, right? And we often find ourselves in situations where we're unsure, we're uncomfortable, and fear can creep in, fear of getting it wrong, fear of saying the wrong thing. In fact, uh, at the time of recording last week, I was presenting to a group of business owners and one of them shared that she was fearful of having conversations with her team because she didn't want to legally say the wrong thing and get herself or her business or anyone in any hot water. So fear can show up when it comes to being compliant with legislation and not being legally inappropriate with our staff. Fear can show up in terms of um, confrontation. You know, when we've got someone who's very confrontational, that's not our nature. It can feel kind of scary to deal with it. Fear can show up when business isn't going well. And maybe we're dealing with change or crisis or when our best staff member resigns or our entire team resigns because it happens sometimes often one change will trigger others fear can also show up when we're growing because it's hard to grow particularly when the growth feels like it's you know sort of slipping out of our control and out of our fingers that can feel quite fearful especially if like most entrepreneurs you do like to be in control it tends to be why we start our own businesses so fear shows up in lots of different ways and it's an important I guess emotion to be able to navigate effectively so, in today's conversation with Juliet, that's exactly what we are chatting about. I really hope you enjoy the conversation. Uh, and without further ado, let's welcome Juliet to the podcast.
1: Juliet, hello, great to chat to you. Christy Lee, lovely to see you. Today we um the concept of being fearful as a leader, maybe being having a fear of leading altogether or having moments of fear in our leadership journey. And I cannot believe, actually, we haven't spoken about this before. And I don't actually think I've spoken about this a lot, but I see it all the time.
2: I know. I I think it's interesting, isn't it? I agree because I feel like that too. And it seems like such an obvious thing to talk about, but we actually haven't. So I'm glad that we are now. And I think this, because it does have such a big impact on how we lead, and how our teams respond to us as leaders. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think it's really important, and I think we all have an element
1: of it. Um, you I know, think I th- so too. Yeah, mm. I think all, even the most confident people have moments of fear in totally. their leadership. Yeah. But I think a lot of us. Especially if we've stumbled into a leadership role, like we've started a business and no one starts a business because they want to lead a team, like it's just not a factor in our decision making, or we've been really exceptional in our technical career and therefore been elevated into leadership. Yeah, We're actually quite scared of leading because ironically, no one actually gives us any training or development, which is something I work with clients on all the time because it frustrates me on how to lead. Like we ad nauseum give people training on how to be technically brilliant in their job or how to communicate or how to do other things. Yeah. And we seem to think that someone turns up in a leadership role and knows how to lead automatically. I think that's so true. And, you know, we were talking about toxic culture
2: in the last episode. And I think this this sort of fear can lead to that because Mm. in our fearfulness, we can withdraw from leadership. You know, it's all too hard too scary or we put a sort of um little carapace around ourselves so that we're not uh impacted so that we can sort of separate ourselves from the team and all of that can lead to a toxic culture or at the very least a team that's a bit rudderless
1: yeah yeah and we become like not in control of our teams when we do that and i think i see it show up in people that just are not really into being the boss in their business. They don't want to be, they yeah. just think it's easier to avoid it. Yeah. And so just avoid it. They either, and I've had some of my members of people power actually literally say, I just stuck my head in the sand because that seemed easier. Like <laughs> maybe, because maybe they were going to ask me for a pay rise or something oh, scary. God. And yeah. so they just stick your head in the sand and yeah. then things just wash past you. Yeah. Or you become so fearful of, what's involved in leadership you choose not to lead and just think that it'll be easier if the team lead themselves and it's like that rudderless example you were giving that Mm. nothing you know nothing's happening in the right direction when no one's leading yeah no absolutely so let's talk a little
2: bit about what that fear can be about Mm. Um, certainly what i see is sometimes there's a fear of looking stupid Mm -hmm. and and people say this to me how can I tell the team I don't have all the answers because then I will look stupid you know instead of feeling that they can go to the team and say okay you you know seriously these are my best and brightest minds I'm not clear where the path is I know where we're heading but I'm not clear about the path here what do you think Mm -hmm. I think is really difficult And, and because they're fearful they just kind of pontificate about it
1: Mm.
2: and sort of say stuff that doesn't help
1: anybody and isn't terribly meaningful have you seen that yeah the the need to have all the answers is something that pops up all the time yes and when i say to people you don't have to have the answers it's like this revelation to them that that you would go to the team and say i know this but i don't know that yes i've got an idea but i'm not sure yeah what do you think and it's fine, you know, as your job yeah. as the leader is not to have all the answers. Yeah. Your job is to know what direction you're going in and how roughly you want to get there. Yeah. But you don't have to have all the answers on every element. And you certainly don't even have to have all the answers about the big picture stuff either, you mm. know. And mm. it's not your job to have all the answers. It is your job to communicate with your team about what answers you do have and you don't have. But, yeah, yeah. I do see this um, feeling like because I'm the leader, I have to know everything and have all the answers. Honestly, the best leaders hire people that are smarter and more talented than them every day for that very reason. Well, that's exactly right. That is the point in a way, isn't it? Your role is to
2: bring together people Mm. who can deliver as a team. And, you know, that saying about, you know, if you're the smartest person at the table, you're at the wrong table. Yeah. And I think as leaders, that's still really relevant. You don't have to be the smartest person there. You have to bring those people together and get the best out of them and that's a completely
1: different thing Mm. yeah and your role and I think Simon Sinek talks about this a lot as the leader is not to be the chief everything officer or even chief operating officer but to be the chief vision officer like you set the direction yes and you help people get there yeah that but you don't know all the things and you don't have all the answers. Absolutely. So I think the need to have all the answers definitely is where I see some fear coming in. I also see leaders that are a bit they're fearful of being a leader because they feel like giving direction, giving instruction is bossy and they don't want to be perceived Uh, as bossy. Like they feel that's a negative thing. Yes. And so they end up just not do not saying anything which is worse because then no one understands what's expected of them and our team actually do want to know what's expected of them yeah so they have this perception that by saying your job is to do this and i really need you to do that that it's being bossy and then that's negative and it's really not negative because that's what our team want from us totally and i totally agree
2: with you i mean that is what the team is looking for a sense of direction Mm. and that you know that Clear picture about what do I, where do I fit in this, and what what do I need to do? Mm. Um, and and I agree with you. And sometimes it comes about from trying to keep everything nice. Yeah, you know, it's which I think is a terribly difficult
1: thing for leaders You're trying to make your team and I hear people talk about this all the time, I want to treat them like my family. Oh, oh God, I'm yes. not really sure that's the best approach. I mean, no. of course, we want people to feel safe and welcome and productive and motivated at work, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But when you're trying to treat them like your family, um, it's not the right relationship. You're creating a mismatch right. there. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And, and the dynamic is so different to a family anyway. Yeah. You know, so you're sort of bringing in all the difficult bits without actually getting the value from that. I think that is really, yeah, that is a tough one. The other thing I see is is leaders who don't want to hear bad news. Oh, so yes. sometimes, if they're fearful of missing um, targets or you know goals that were set with the team, they might sort of do that whole blaming other people. But often, what I see is that they just they put up this shield around themselves because they don't want to hear the bad news anyway, and so they create
1: distance between themselves and the team. And the same happens when we're fearful of confrontation with our team, which is another yeah. big fear that I yeah. see come up a lot: is being fearful that that discussion is going to become confrontational, yes. or that this employee is going to become confrontational, or. Yeah. One of one of our members once was avoiding doing performance reviews with her team because she was fearful that they would all ask for a pay rise because that's what she thought oh. happened at performance reviews. Right. And it, and they were the team were asking for reviews and it had been six years for some of them, so it'd been a while. And she was just fearful because a she didn't know how to do reviews; she'd never had to do them before because mm. she hadn't been on a leader before having her own team. Yeah. And her second fear was. I'm a small business. I can't afford to give them all big pay increases and that's what they're all going to ask me and and I'm fearful of having that conversation with them. And it was interesting that um, she just asked for some training. We did some training with her on how to do the review. So that dealt with that piece. Yeah, None of them asked for a big pay rise. None of them had a confrontational conversation with her. She felt comfortable. It was a process to follow. And she actually said the result was that the team were more focused, more directed and got better results in the next 12 months because she'd actually done something that she'd been putting off for six years because she was scared of it. Gosh, and because they felt seen and heard finally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she had a good team, a loyal team, so there was lots of positives. Yeah. But this fear was holding her back from yes. doing one piece of leadership. So can, the fear can often not be broad brush across everything, but just one thing that we know we should be doing that we don't do. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? And
2: I think also leadership, particularly in small business, can be really lonely. Mm, so you yes. don't necessarily have somebody you can talk to about it.
1: Mm.
2: And, you know, and I know, I mean, our families, much as we love them, don't always understand what we're doing. Um, so they might be really supportive but actually not able to help in
1: that. Absolutely. Um, and, and they'll ask at the barbecue, you know, how's that, that business yes. been going and yeah. they'll... Their their advice is often just not in line with what you need to hear as a business owner. Exactly. Um, yeah, from the best intention, but we kind of don't have that. And I, you know, for me, it's why I surround myself with peer groups and with mm. other people. And I have done that. I think the entire time I've been in business mm. because you do need to have some kind of sounding boards around you to bounce things off because it I can be so. very isolating. Yeah, absolutely. I see. I was
2: talking with someone recently who was definitely fearful about um, the whole leaving a team thing. And mm. they are quite young. But their response to that was micromanaging. Ah, yes. And they had actually been sort of backed up by somebody at the family barbecue mm. because that was the way they led. So, yes, in a sense they got this sort of double whammy of being confirmed in something that's really actually creating more of a toxic culture for
1: them. Mm. Um, that's really interesting i do see that pendulum swing so i see yes go from i'm avoiding being boss altogether i call them the non-boss boss boss. yeah and and then the pendulum swing is the complete other way where they go into this micromanaging stage i can't trust anybody i need to know exactly where everyone is and what they're doing and And sometimes we become micromanagers because we're fearful of the people above us and their perception of our ability to lead, especially when we're new in leadership. Yes. I saw a team do this um, a few years ago. I was working with them and they were promoting people that were in very technical medical roles into leadership roles Mm. without any development. (laughs) Again, a bugbear of mine. And so this person got promoted into this role and she'd applied and she was excited and she was technically one of their best people. She was so brilliant. But she was so scared of leading mm-hmm. and so scared of how her boss, who was a very good leader, would perceive her leading mm-hmm. that she she did. She went from micromanaging to not leading at all and just completely fell apart, the poor thing, mm-hmm. because she was so fearful of getting yeah. it wrong and the perception of those above her. And,
2: yes, and not feeling able to talk about that with anybody, mm-hmm. presumably not the people above her. Mm-hmm. And you can't talk to the people below you because you don't, you know, you're the leader. You're supposed to be leading. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a, It's such a trap, isn't
1: it? And then we get into our heads too much. Mm. And I think that's where we need to engage in either participating in peer groups with other people who are in similar environments yeah. to us, whether it's other small business owners or other leaders in certain uh, industries, Mm. or getting coaches and mentors and so yes. I think we don't do enough of that yeah. um totally agree. Yeah, actual real support from people who know what they're doing like pick yeah. a mentor that's you know from the right space but yeah. getting coaching and mentoring if nothing else but to have a sounding board so that you don't feel like you're going crazy mm-hmm. is massively valuable to be able to just contact someone and say I'm thinking this what do you think Mm. Am I on the right track? What have I missed here? Yeah. Um, I think it can be one of the most valuable investments you make in yourself as a leader. And I think the challenge,
2: again, comes back to fear, that fear of being seen as weak mm-hmm. because I need somebody to tell me how to lead. And it's not that at all. But I do think, again, that fear holds people back. I, I know a number of people I've worked with over the years who would have loved to have got a coach to help them. Yeah but felt that that was a sign of weakness and that they weren't being a true leader, because they should know how to do this. And and I think that's the problem, isn't it? When we're leading people, we feel like, well, I'm a person, I should know how to lead people. It's Mm. not like training dogs or (laughs) jumpers or something, you know, I should know how to do this. Yeah, um, and
1: I think one of the biggest challenges when you become a leader is that not everyone's like you. So yes. you know how to lead someone who is like you, you can have a team of people who are not like you. Yes. And really getting to, you know, there's a lot of work in understanding different personality styles, different value sets, different behaviours, yeah. and leading everyone differently that is um, part of that mix as well. I think so. And also just understanding enough about yourself
2: that you can get a bit vulnerable. And say, I don't know everything. I'm not sure what I'm doing, you know, that sort of stuff. I think building that self awareness so that
1: it is okay to be a bit open. And to acknowledge that there's, we're all, we've all got strengths and weaknesses, and that includes in our leadership skills. Yeah. And to acknowledge that, okay that style isn't my natural default. I need to really work hard on that or I need to concentrate on actually doing that. Um, It is incredible. You've got to, and I think you've got to have a very supportive leadership network around you, you know, both within your business and outside to help with that sense of
2: Mm.
1: being vulnerable and being willing to, you know, know where your strengths and weaknesses are. Yes. Um, And sometimes it just comes with experience. There is that. That's the joy of yeah. getting older, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I think most of us in our 20s would argue that, no, we are not like this or we're not like that or we don't. Yeah. And, and as we get older, yeah, I own it. Oh, totally. I remember even just when I
2: started my MBA and I was leading a team, sitting in those social theaters going, oh, that's why that doesn't work or that's why that mm-hmm. person's hideous or, you know, whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Just picking up those things was amazing. Yeah. Um But it probably would have taken me an awfully long time on my own to get there too. So Yes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So Um, I guess our message today is it's totally normal if you feel a bit fearful. Totally, yes. leading your team, of being a leader, of doing some of the things you have to do as a leader. Mm -hmm. And so if you feel alone in that fear, you are absolutely not. And I guarantee you, you speak to any leader, today and Mm -hmm. they will have an experience of fear in their leadership absolutely and i think if we can give
2: any advice it would be to go and find other people you can talk to about it because you're not you're not the only one you're certainly not alone but you will find there are if you can talk with other people about it i think Mm. you will find a lot of that fear can dissipate pretty easily Mm, absolutely